So, Bourbon Real Talk, you ask, we answered. You guys love the interview with Dwayne Poor? Well, guess what? He's got more bottles, more value, and if you want to hear about it, you need to stick around. All right, Dwayne, here we are back in Bunker One. The people had questions, you have answers. So let's just jump right into it. So for any of you at home that have not seen the previous episodes with Dwayne, he's got about 6,500 bottles. Last time he released an episode, it was worth around $7 million. And at the time of this filming, around half a million people have watched that video. And in the comments, there were some recurring questions and there's also a second bunker that has the other half of your collection that's never been filmed before. So we're gonna go check that out later, so you're gonna to wanna to stick around for that. But the first thing that people wanna know when they find out that somebody has a collection that is as large as yours is what do you do for a living? Well, first of all, welcome back. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, I am a cardiovascular perfusionist, which means I set up and operate the heart-lung machine for open-heart surgery. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that for 30 years, but I'm also an entrepreneur. Right. I have uh, several cigar stores and whiskey bars and cigar stores and real estate companies and other things that I've taken my money from the healthcare field and reinvested over the time in the last 30 years, of course. Right, so leveraging assets. Yes, and one of those has been since 1997-98, I started uh, drinking and collecting uh, single malt scotch and bourbons. And that, of course, has increased in value and Man, I have made some great friends around the world because of this. So how big is the collection? Total bottle count, what would you guess? I'm right at 6,500 bottles now. Okay. And last time we filmed, we thought that the collection was around $7 million in value, but COVID has caused prices of bottles to run up. So would it be fair to say that the collection is now worth 10 plus million? That would be a fair assessment, yes. That is pretty amazing. And the fact that you have two bunkers is, is pretty awesome. So let's get into some of the most frequently asked questions when people saw the first video before we run over to the other bunker. So one of the things that I got the most comments about were earthquakes. Everybody wanted to make a comment about one earthquake wiping out your entire collection. What do you have to say about that? I have earthquake insurance. <laughs> it's the best answer. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do or if you put wire around them or you, if you have an earthquake and it takes your building down, it's gone. Right. So I am fortunate enough that the very first earthquake we had here in Oklahoma that was substantial a few years back, I immediately got earthquake insurance on everything and was able to do that at a very low rate. Right. And and you are in Oklahoma City. Yes. There aren't a lot of large earthquakes here. No. Um, so therefore the insurance is relatively. Yeah, you know, our greatest fear here, of course, is tornadoes. Right. So same deal. I've got insurance that that covers the entire collection. And luckily, it's split between two places. And uh, that helps a little bit. Co-location. They do it in IT. Why not do it for for whiskey? Exactly right. All right. The second thing that I got the most comments about was that we did not mention what it was that we were drinking in the video. And people got upset about that. And I don't know if you remember, but the Knob Creek 15 had just been released. Exactly right. And we were drinking Knob Creek 15. What are we drinking today? We are drinking a uh, whiskey out of Indiana. 
from a company uh, called the Onora mm-hmm. Whiskey Company, and this is their high rye at 45% alcohol. They actually were the uh, featured whiskey at the pre-parties uh, for the Super Bowl this year. Okay. A uh, guy named Roy Anderson is their master distiller. Great guy, great company. Uh, really nice whiskey. Gotcha. So the third most common thing that I heard was glass shelves. Everybody was afraid that your shelves were not strong enough to hold the whiskey. Tell the people what you did to make sure it was safe. So these shelves are uh, tempered glass and I hired a glass company specifically with weight requirements. Each of these shelves will hold 90 kilograms, which, uh, you know, 2.2 pounds equals a kilogram. So it'll hold quite a bit of weight. So it'll hold about 40 bottles. No shelf has more than 30 bottles on it. Each shelf, uh, it has a uh, metal bracket built into and screwed into the wood. The glass has then been siliconed and slid into that. It can't move up or down. It can't move left or right. It's fixed in place. And the glass will hold way more weight than I've ever put on it. This has been here for 12 years and I've never had a problem. One of my other pet peeves, probably the fourth most common question was, whiskey is meant to be drank. And that the reason why whiskey is rare is because of people like you hoarding it and putting it away in a bunker somewhere. What do you have to say about that? There's three bottles of whiskey in my 6,500 bottles that I've never tasted. And they're all one of one. Right. I go, I find the whiskey I like, I buy more than one bottle, unless it's really an old exclusive bottle, or really rare bottle. A lot of times I've got a buddy, we'll buy three bottles. He keeps one, I keep one, we drink one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the price is usually. Right. The trick is, if you look in this vault, and when we go to the bunk, other bunker, if someone didn't put those bottles back mm-hmm. and hold on to them, half this room would be empty. Right. There would have been nothing to buy and collect to put up. Yeah, I love to drink whiskey. I also love to invest in whiskey. And at 54 to 58% a year, it's a great investment. Right. But I am not afraid on any given day to open any bottle and right. drink it. I've seen how generous you are, but I think that part of the issue, and I've, I've tried to communicate this to individuals, is when you go to the store and you buy your bottle of Jim Beam Black or whatever your favorite daily drinker is, that's not the same as this 70-year-old bottle of scotch that's right behind you. Yeah, there's a hundred in the entire world. Yes, I've been fortunate enough to try two or three of those bottles and taste it, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And I like it so much that I bought one to put up as an investment. But yes, I've drank it, and I love it. But would I open a $30,000 bottle on a Tuesday? No. Not on a Tuesday. On my 60th birthday? I might. Right, right. So it's not that you're unwilling to open and drink the bottles, but part of the service that you're providing is preserving timepieces that when the manufacturer made that bottle, the distillery made that bottle, it wasn't necessarily for regular consumption. It was meant to be a timepiece, something that represented that brand. It, it, and there's some value in preserving that. For it truly is. You take um, 75 year old Mortlock, which is one of the bottles that I have, in 1939 they put that bottle in a cask and moving forward they only got so many bottles out of that cask and they were very generous they brought bottles and let us taste it and let us try it and they took the time to put it in a beautiful 
uh, display case and display bottle, much like uh, the Glenlivet that we have here. Um, that's made to be kept for the future, for a special occasion, for a great day, for a day of days, if you will. Something that changes your life or, the, or that needs to be celebrated. It's not just something you would open every day. You're not going to spend $30,000 for a bottle of whiskey that you're just going to open right. on a regular day. It's something to put back. So my last most common question, and probably my favorite because it's lighthearted, is your last name is Poor, P-O-O-R. I cannot tell you the number of people that have asked me to have you change your last name <laughs> to P-O-U-R. I've heard that so many times. Have so you ever considered it? Absolutely not. <laughs> tell the people why not. I'm a P-O-O-R for the rest of my life. My daddy gave me that name, I'm gonna keep it. That's right. And you, at one time, were not a cardioperfusionist. No, no. You started off just working hard and trying to I, build your way up. I worked as a, as a roofer. That's what my dad did for a living. I grew up uh, very poor. Uh, working very hard, uh, manual labor, and uh, was given the opportunity to go to college and, and to change uh, the course of my life by doing that. And it's one of the, the greatest blessings I've ever had. Right. And so I can imagine for somebody who came from those humble beginnings and built all of this stuff up, you wouldn't want to get rid of that last name. No, I'm very proud of it. Awesome. So what do you say we head over to the other bunker and check it out? I'd love for you to see it. It's going to be awesome. Hey, nice hat. Hey, thanks. Nice lanyard. Nice rocks glass. Thanks, man. <laughs> nice travel case. Nice blend topper. Thank you. Nice candle. Nice bottle bag. Thanks, man. That's a nice tumbler. Nice woman's t-shirt. Oh, thanks. Nice uh, extra schmedium shirt. Get yourself some nice things and get all the compliments that come along with it. Shop Bourbon Real Talk. So here we are, bunker two, Casa de Poor. And we got a lot of big bottles here. And the people love to see the bottles, but they also like to know what we're drinking. So we have just down the hallway, kind of a semi bunker where that's overflow. Is that fair? Yep, pretty much this is all overflow. This is a uh... A lot of this is duplicates, things that wouldn't fit in the main vault. Down the hallway, it's just not as pretty, but it's still overflow. Right. And all the cabinets are full in here, all the cabinets are full in there. It's just, once you run out of space, you gotta have someplace to go. So when we were in the other room, there was a shelf or two shelves, maybe three, that were filled with bottles that were all wrapped um, in you know white paper. And you don't just buy the super expensive bottles. Sometimes you do single barrels for yourself. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, tell us what you have because we normally drink while we, while yeah. we do so this. Normally we drink bourbon. Today we're going to drink scotch. So this is a 1992 uh, Springbank. It's spent 25 years and 11 months in an Oloroso sherry cask. Uh, it was stored at Caden Heads, which stores most of uh, the whiskeys for Springbank. It was bottled in uh, 2018 mm -hmm. and I bought the entire cask. I've got 192 uh, total bottles. Wow. Uh, and happy to open one of these and share it. Um, it is 48% uh, alcohol, so it's right out of the cask. They basically filter it and uh, share it with us. 
very scotchy. Solange. Solange. So this is your personal selection. Yeah, um, great story. Actually, a buddy of mine was in Scotland in 1992, and he picked this cask out. Okay. And uh, fast forward, he wants to sell the cask, so uh, we worked out a deal and uh, had it bought. And so we have uh, the entire cask, and we haven't decided what to do with it yet, but you know, along the way, we'll share it with a lot of friends, I hope. Well, I tell you what, it's beautiful. It I'm is. Not, I'm not a huge scotch drinker, but this is wonderful. Yeah, slightly smoky, slightly peaty, but all that sweetness from the old Rosso Sherry. Super balanced. Very well rounded. Yes. Very well integrated. So since we're at the second bucker, let's talk about some of the bigger bottles that you have in here. Um, from what I understand, the previous podcast might have brought some goodness into your life. Yeah, actually, it was great. I got a call from a gentleman in uh, back uh, in the western part of the country. And he had seen our, uh, the first video and he had some old rare pappies that uh, he wanted to sell. Mm -hmm. And so we got to talking on the phone and uh, made a deal. And these are uh, probably from the third year that Pappy actually uh, made the 23 year old. So their first number is B and it's a 4045. And what's really cool is not only is that B4045, but it's B4046 consecutive numbers off of the line uh, from that year back in the, the mid to late 80s. So we worked out something, he had five bottles and I ended up buying all five bottles from him. Great conversation, a great gentleman, and uh, all because of the first uh, Bourbon Real Talk uh, YouTube so, video. Yeah. That's awesome. And so that, that type of bottle is probably pretty rare. It's a very early Pappy 23. Yeah, they are. We think it's year three. Uh, because it's a B. So the first year didn't have a letter. Yeah, second year, second year A, third year. So it's a. either third or fourth year. Uh, you know, you can look it up online and I kind of a little research and I got it was somewhere between the third and the fourth year. So really early in the line of, of 23-year-old Pappies from the, the Stitzelweller distillery. So people really love to hear the bottle values. What do you think something like that would, would go for? You know, and I bought those for a sole purpose. I'm, I'm going to use those for some charity events. Right. So uh, we worked out a really good deal. I would say those bottles at that age would go for $10,000 plus per bottle just because of the scarcity of them, in particular those with consecutive serial numbers. And that's something that you do quite often is work with charities. Um, I see that there's a full Pappy lineup up here. Yep. Is it pretty common for you to source bottles for yeah, charity? Yeah, I've sourced uh, 10 full sets this year uh, for different charity events. They're all for nonprofits. And it's just a, it's a good feeling to be able to work with children's charities and veterans charities and to put together something that can help them raise a lot of money. And, and it's a great way to give back to the community. Sure. So what's, what are some of the most valuable bottles that you have in Bunker 2? Value dollar-wise and value historical-wise, two different things. Let's see. These, these are some really nice old, dusty Glenmorangies that uh, just aren't around anymore. Um, most of them are just ten-year-old to eighteen-year-old. They're not old as whiskeys go, but they're from the you know the early '70s into the late '80s, and they, they're just not around anymore. We had had this conversation in the first part, talking about uh, putting things back and saving them and collecting them. 
these would not exist. These are from the 70s or 80s if someone hadn't put those back and, right. and took care of them and then made them available for other people uh, to be able to purchase and enjoy them. Right, now they're a time capsule. Yeah, absolutely they are. So those are historically valuable. What what do you have in here that's financially valuable? Um, got a few uh, really nice ones. Uh, the McAllen 30-year-old, uh, a 1972 McAllen 18-year-old, a 25-year-old McAllen. So all of the older McAllens, of course, this is from the, from the 60s and the 70s, and they just don't make it the same today as they did then. So taste-wise, quality-wise, and value-wise, they're much more valuable. Uh, a couple over here, we've got uh, the DCS Compendium. DCS is David Charles Stewart. He was the master distiller, uh, master blender at Balvini. He started working there in the 50s, or in the 60s, I'm sorry. And then they did a compendium series. They did a bottle from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And they did that for five consecutive years. So 25 full sets, five from each decade. And then they released a few of them individually. Very hard to get, very few bottles. Uh, so it's very nice to be able to have those. We. Uh, Fellow group of guys, we bought two of them. We opened one and drank it, and I put one on the shelf uh, to be able to have it later. Uh, several 30-year-olds, a 30-year-old Kalila, a Balvini, Glen Goyne, Glen Fittick, uh, just not a lot of 30-year-old whiskeys left in the world, and most distilleries are behind, and you're, you're getting your 18-year-olds and maybe a 25-year-old. You're not seeing a lot of 30s anymore in the world. So I, I know you also have right over here, this uh, Dalmore 35. Tell us about this bottle. So um, about five or six years ago, Dalmore started releasing a 35 year old every year. And so I've been fortunate enough to be able to buy them every single year. And of course you can see it's a nice, big, uh, wonderful display box. So mm -hmm. I only have so much room. The others we, we saw in the vault. Richard Patterson is their master distiller and whiskey blender. So everything in there is for him. This is the old cigar malt. Um, the nice, one of the old cigar malts that Richard actually signed for me and I haven't brought myself to wipe the dust off the bottle yet. Oh yeah, never. It's an old dusty and I want to leave it to be an old dusty. There you go. So let's move back over here. Um, so the Balvenie 30, you know, these bottles, what's the price range on you know, like you're this? not talking, these are not super expensive bottles. Mm -hmm. Talking the 30 being in the 750 to $1,000 range, maybe a little more. They're going up constantly. Uh, the Kalila is more expensive. Uh, Balvini does a 30 year often, they've had through time. Kalila very rarely does a 30 year old. So, you know, you're looking at uh, somewhere above $1,500 to $2,000 for a bottle like that. Glen Goyne rarely does a 30-year-old's. Once again, it's not a more well-known distillery. Great whiskey, great family, great people. Uh, you're still in that $2,000, sub $2,000 range for mm. that. So you're talking about something that you can buy without spending a lot of money that's absolutely gonna go up in value over time. Right, and that's something that you've learned. Yes, that absolutely. If you, if you invest in whiskey you love, if you drink it, great. Right. And if you yeah. don't, if you don't, it's it's worth money. Take that bottle. When I first started buying these, they were between $300 and $600 on the shelf right here in the great state of Oklahoma. This bottle today would go for between five and $6,000. So at least 10 times its value in a very short period of time. Right. And so buy what you love, 
Buy what you and don't be afraid to drink it. Absolutely, I don't. I don't mind drinking it. Matter of fact, in the day we drink a lot of those, and I'm fortunate enough to put a few back for the future for a special occasion. Be able to open one with friends that I drank it with ten or fifteen years ago, and it'll be fun to to experience those times again. Well, I'm happy to drink your spring bank because it's delicious. Happy to share it with you. However, all of these beautiful bottles are not the most interesting thing about you right now. Uh, what I find to be most interesting is this new business concept that you're working on that all of you at home might be able to get involved with. So basically, there's a beautiful collection here, but most of us will not have access to this level of bottle. But you and some of your business partners have come up with an idea to provide access for regular whiskey enthusiasts to be able to experience things like this. Absolutely. What's it called? It's called Bourbon Heads. And you can find out more about it on our website, bourbonheads.com. But Bourbon Heads is gonna be a non-fungible token that you can purchase. And it's not just about having a token. The token is basically a membership into our exclusive bourbon club. Mm -hmm. And our goal is to put together over the next 10 years, a. $20 million bourbon collection that everyone that holds a token in their wallet will be a fractional owner in that bourbon collection. And the ultimate goal within the next 36 months or so is to build a wonderful facility in or near Louisville, Kentucky, where we can show that off and the public can pay a fee and come and look at it. And the members can come in for free and look at it and they're going to own part of it. What's different about it is most NFTs are just the value of whatever they paid for it. In this case, you'll be a fractional owner. There's only going to be 5,000 tokens. Whatever the value of the bourbon collection is, the club would always buy back at one five thousandth of the value of the collection. It will never lose value if that NFT itself loses value. If it goes up, it goes up alone or it goes up with the collection uh, value. And as we've talked about in the past, Scotch and bourbon are going up at a rate of about 54% a year. Wow, that's pretty exciting. So if you are a Bourbon Real Talk viewer, we are going to release a full length episode to completely explain how bourbonheads.com is going to work. And you'll be able to have an opportunity to sign up on a waiting list to be able to come and and experience things like this. Absolutely, and and we're gonna open bottles and share them with our members at, at basic retail price. It's gonna be, it's, it's more than an NFT, it's a membership, it's a, it's a bourbon community, it's part of our culture of sharing our love for whiskey with other people. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically the philosophy of this channel. And if you're unfamiliar, I'm sure the number of a 10 plus million dollar whiskey collection drew some new people in. If you've not seen this channel before, I want to tell you about our philosophy. Bourbon Real Talk is all about bringing people together through whiskey. And that's something that's personally important to me because I lost a loved one to suicide in 2014. And in the aftermath, I looked into suicide prevention speaking and whatever I could do to keep other people from experiencing that same fate. And in the end, as I was going through that process, I got involved with the whiskey community and ended up realizing that the connection that you feel in this community is the antidote to that loneliness and that, you know, hopelessness that my brother was feeling when he made that decision. 
And so I have formed this channel and done everything that I've done to try to leverage the connective power of whiskey to the point that we, we formed Bourbon Real Talk community. Um, when I was doing research and I was learning and I was growing, I started to figure out that some of the um, social media platforms where there are whiskey enthusiasts are filled with trolls and they're hateful and they want to create division and they want to make people feel bad about themselves so that they can feel good about themselves. And I wanted to create a space where that wasn't the case. Everybody was on the same playing field and everybody was welcome. Through that process, when I started to realize that strangers could show hate to people that they did not know online, I realized it was just as easy for me to show love to someone that I did not know online. And that's why we end every podcast the same way. And that's this. If you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you. And I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. Cheers. Cheers. A whiskey troll is a person who seeks negative attention and uses contrarian attitudes to derail civil discussion in online forums. They communicate in ways they never would face to face because they're keyboard warriors. Their only goal is to make other people feel inferior. Hey guys, I'm new here. I just got my first blatant. And trust me, you probably paid way too much. I don't care much about the blends, but nice <laughs> There's no way that she didn't buy that at secondary, idiot. Oh, I know how you got that bottle. So, are you sick and tired of the whiskey trolls running your fun online? Well, that's why we started Bourbon Real Talk Community. Congratulations. Let me know what you think when you open it up. Hey, welcome to the group. Let me send you over a sample of Blanton's Gold and straight from the barrel. See how you like those. I remember back to my first bottle of Blanton's. It was the birthday to my son and we enjoy it every year on his birthday. Congrats. So if you're looking to connect with some people online who aren't head over to facebook.com and join Bourbon Real Talk community today.